Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Alright, welcome everyone. Uh, good evening and I'm excited that you're tuned in to the weekend Bible studies as we continue our engagement around the hearing of faith. And this is part 7, the hearing of faith part 7. And we are actually studying faith for supernatural supplies. Faith for supernatural supplies. And then we started this on Sunday and we um, went through a whole lot of thoughts along this line and I think it's very important um, to study this in this season and I'm going to be deliberately very slow because I know when it comes to the issue of finances especially in the kingdom of God there are a lot of misconceptions there are a lot of preconceived ideas and there are a lot of assumptions so one of the things I really want us to do tonight is to carefully go through the scriptures and see the truth from God's word, what is his plan towards his children in the midst of famine and scarcity. And um, if you follow our teaching, and please if you don't have from part 1 to 7, uh, part, part 1 to 6, please kindly request for it and uh, make sure that you join up and just listen alongside. One of the things we established um, last time we had this conversation was the fact that God will keep his children alive in famine. That God has that capacity, not just the capacity, but the willingness to make provision in the midst of adversity or in the midst of famine. And we saw that famine is acute shortage, right? Where there is lack of supplies. So I'll say this, that the key to faith for supplies is knowing who God is. That's the first thing. Knowing who God is and understanding His thoughts towards His children. Praise God. Now, I mean, all through these faith teachings, we've emphasized very strongly the hearing of faith. We've We've taken time to establish that what you hear would manifest in your life. That what you constantly hear would manifest in your life. You, you might not be able to control the external circumstances, but you can absolutely control the things that happen in your life. Praise the name of the Lord. The Bible says darkness will cover the earth and gross darkness, but light will shine on his people. And so, the first thing is, as a child of God, and, and, um, and this, should, this should be very, very, very important foundation. As a child of God, you should expect things to happen to you differently. That should be your expectation. That should be your baseline expectation. And some people say, well, do you think you Christians are immune from this and that? 
Yes, absolutely yes. Why? We've got God's word concerning his thoughts and his will towards us in times like this. Praise God. So, the key to faith for supplies is knowing who God is and understanding his thoughts towards us, his children, towards the believer. Now, to know the ability of God and the willingness of God are two different things. In Luke chapter 5, let's read there. Man, this was concerning healing, but the same grace that will release healing is the same grace that would release uh, financial provisions. It's the same grace that would release supplies. You see, I'll tell you this, right? If you learn to walk by faith, you will not be afraid of evil tithings. And we, we talked about that before. If we walk by faith, we will not be afraid of evil tidings. Now, evil tidings will always come. Certain things will happen in the world. Pandemic, epidemic, crisis, economic crisis, recession. The world is going to give a particular name to it. But if we are people of faith, we will not fear. So let me put it this way. Our response to the ongoing crisis on the earth that is going now, that is going to come, is faith. We must have a faith response to everything. Now, in Luke chapter 5, verse 12 to 13, uh, this was talking about when Jesus healed the leper. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When I talked about faith for healing, I took time to explain this verse. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him. Now, look at what the man said. He said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, this is very important. He talks to Jesus about his need to get whole or to get clean. He's, but he, 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 he touches the willingness of God. Listen very carefully to me. He touches the willingness of God, not his ability, right? So, he was rooted in the ability of God, but he was not sure about the willingness of God. You know, so... We can use Jesus and God, because Jesus is the express image of the Father. So he says, Lord, if you are willing, right? So when it comes to if God is willing, he wasn't so sure. And then he goes on to say, you can make me clean. So he says, listen, I know you have the ability, but I don't know if you're willing. And, and you see, that's the struggle of Christians. A lot of Christians don't, don't doubt the fact that God can provide for them. The problem is they don't know if God wants to provide for them. Are, are you following that? So, our minds need to be renewed on the willingness of God. If you want to see supernatural provisions, the willingness of God must not be questioned. The ability of God, a lot of people will believe... But then the willingness of God, they are not sure. So, we need to renew our mind where the willingness of God is concerned. So, it says, While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. Uh, where did that leprosy? 
Okay. <laughs> when he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, and know that if is the badge of unbelief. If we know God's will, we know, if, we, if we're sure of the will of God, then we don't use the word if. I don't pray, God, if you want to heal me. I know God wants to heal me. I know that's part of the reason Jesus went on the cross. Glory to God. So it's the same thing with divine provisions. As I am here right now teaching you, I have no doubt that the Lord will take care of me, no matter how he goes bad in the world. How do I know that? His word tells me that. That he would keep me alive in famine. Praise God. Okay, so he says, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. So he says, you have the ability. I'm not sure about your willingness. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. Now, realize this. I've talked about this before, but I'll say this very quickly because it's very foundational to what we're talking about tonight. Realize something. When Jesus reached forth to touch the leper, he wasn't supposed to do that. Because if you go to verse 20, the Bible says he was covered with leprosy. And so, naturally, you wouldn't want to touch a man who was covered with leprosy. He wasn't a nice looking man. He wasn't a cute person. But Jesus did that to show how far he would go in expressing his willingness. Praise God. How far he would go. So he reached out and touched the man and he said, I am willing. Glory to God. Those statements are life-changing statements. God is willing to heal. God is willing to provide. Glory to the name of the Lord Jesus. He is willing. He says, I am willing. He said, be clean. And immediately, the leprosy left him. Praise God. So, if we want to see supernatural supplies... We must know the ability of God. Right? We must know the ability of God. Or I'd rather put it this way. We must know the capacity of God. What God is able to do. And then, we must know the willingness of God. Let's, let's, let's look at the capacity of God for a moment. Psalm 50 verse 10. Let's look at the capacity of God for a moment. Psalm 50 verse 10. You know, these are very popular verses of scriptures. But we must... Keep our eyes fixed on them and be immersed in them. Praise God. Totally immersed in them. Psalm 50 and verse 10. It says, can Can I read from verse 7 here? And I'll stop at verse 15. Hear, O my people, know who is speaking to his people, and I'll speak. O Israel, I testify against you. I am God, your God. I do not reprove you for sacrifices, and your bond offerings are continually before me. I shall take no young bull out of your house, nor male goats out of your folds. Look at verse 10, which I really want us to, to build on. For every beast of the forest is mine. The cattle on a thousand hills. It says, listen guys, it's not about the sacrifices you're bringing. Praise God. It says, every beast of the forest is mine. And every cattle on a thousand hills, they belong to me. This is the God that we're serving. And you know what I say? You know, when I look at the life of Abraham, when God asked him to sacrifice Isaac, 
And he was about to sacrifice Isaac. And the Lord says, stop. And the Lord showed him a ram caught in the ticket. And he says, you can use that. Or in the bush. How <laughs> King James said ticket. <laughs> bush. And, 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 and he says, you can use that. This is what I tell people. The Lord knew where Abraham was. The Lord knew where that ram was. Only the Lord can give addresses to animals and have them deliver without missing. You know, even, even human delivery, you have to put your number and the people are calling you. What's your house number? My house is number 13. I'm at your gate. I'm, I can't see you. But you know what? This animal went straight to where Abraham was. Got himself hooked up there. Waited until Abraham caught him. Used him for sacrifice. The same thing with the raven. The Lord sent the raven to feed his prophet. You must realize that God knows where you are. God knows your address. God knows your need. And this is... You, you see, this will, will produce peace in your heart. Because I know... As we look at the economic figures and we look at the situation all around the world, the fear of people is the fear of scarcity. There's a fear of lack. There's a fear of hunger. There's a fear of starvation. He's not of God. It doesn't matter what the numbers say. Don't prepare for losses. Prepare for increase. Glory to God. Don't prepare for stagnation. No. Prepare for surplus. And the wisdom of God will make that available. Praise the name of the Lord. It says, verse 11, I know every bed of the mountain and every field that moves in the field is mine. Everything, sorry, that moves in the field is mine. It says everything, including the grasshoppers. The, whatever moves in the field belongs to me. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. For the world is mine and all it contains. Glory to God. I mean, you should write this and put it in your house. The world is mine and everything it contains. God is laying claims to the ownership of the entire world. And nobody can fault Him. This is how big a God we serve. And you know what? He is our Father. Glory to God. He is our Father. He is our Papa. <laughs> Glory to God. And... Listen, that's his capacity. He says, for the world is mine. And all it contains. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Shall I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of male goats? Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving. I'm going to talk about this. And pay your vows to the Most High. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I shall rescue you and you will honor me. And here God was trying to tell the children of Israel, you don't seem to know the, the capacity of the God you worship. And I see that a lot in the life of believers because right now, you know, believers will tend to hold back, will tend to be in the fear. You don't know God. Spend time with God. Spend time with the Word. And the capacity of God will be enlarged in your heart so much, you will not be afraid. Praise God. Okay. Uh, Hagar chapter 2 and verse 8. We're looking at, we just want to study, know some things about God. And we want God to talk about Himself to us. We want to feed our eyes on those scriptures. Praise God. And see what the Lord says about Himself. You know what He says in Hagar chapter 2 verse 8? He says, The silver is mine and the gold is mine. 
declares the Lord God Almighty. Glory to God. The silver is mine. And I like the way God talks. He says, it's mine. It belongs to me. The silver is mine. The gold is mine. Declares the Lord of hosts. It belongs to me. So we cannot, we're not serving a God who's having some silver scarcity. We're not serving a God who's having some gold scarcity. The silver belongs to God. The gold belongs to God. Glory to God. Everything in the world belongs to God. And this should change the way we see our God. I want to start using the word Father. We should, uh, this should change the way we see our Father. It should change the way we see ourselves. It should change the way we talk about Him. And it should change the way we talk about ourselves. Glory to God. Alright. Now go to Psalm 24. Keep your eyes on the scripture. Meditate on them. Feed on them. Until faith arises in your heart. It changes your confession and your, uh, uh, your confession and your actions. Praise God. Our faith will create a different reality for us. You know, when you study the, the book of Hebrews chapter 11, and it talks about all those wonderful people of faith. You know one thing that came to my mind very strongly as I was just meditating this evening? Their faith created a different reality for them all the time. The faith of Abraham created a different reality for him. He had salvation. And you know, I've heard people say, well, it's, it's all about salvation. It's nothing about material things. It's all about salvation. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Mark. But the faith gave him a child. <laughs> Praise God. He had Isaac. Yeah, the blessing was tied to the gospel, but he had Isaac. And you know what? The Bible seem, uh, clearly talked about the things that God gave to Abraham. The cattles. And somebody said, well, it's the same thing God does to unbelievers and it does to the believers. That's your problem. He's my father. I expect him to treat me differently. Praise the name of the Lord. Why? I'm his son. Born again. I'm an heir to the inheritance. Glory to the name of the Lord Jesus. Psalm 24 and verse 1. The earth is the Lord's. Now, if you, uh, if you study where we're reading from the scriptures that we've been reading, you realize that it is God saying they are mine, right? But here, you find David reaffirming that truth, confirming that truth, and documenting it. It says, the earth is the Lord's, and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. So, we serve a God who owns all. And I want you to write that down. My Father owns it all. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. My Father owns it all. Now, we've seen the capacity of God. We've seen what God owns. We've seen God lay ownership claims to the world and everything it contains. And of course, He's right. 110% right. What is His thoughts towards you? First Peter chapter 5, verse 7. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. And note all the scriptures down and keep your eyes on them and feed on them. Meditate on them. Eat them. Until they become your nourishment, your faith life. Praise God. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. Uh, let's go to verse 6. Therefore, 
Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you at the proper time. Casting all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. That's a very simple instruction. But you know what I realized? And I'm deliberately going slowly tonight because I want everybody to get this. This is, this is very important. This is a very simple instruction. Very, very, very simple instruction. But, I have never seen an instruction in scripture that people disobey like this one. And what is it? It says, cast your anxiety on God. That casting your anxiety on God is a proof of humility. If I'm humble and this whole burden of provision comes on me, what am I going to do? I'll cast it on God. I'll cast it on my Father. But if I'm proud, I'd want to take that on on my own. And that's what a lot of believers are doing. They are taking the burdens and the care. Now, it says, cast all your anxiety. How many of them? All. All your anxiety on Him. The reason is because He doesn't just only have the ability. It says, because He cares for you. Glory to God in the highest. Praise God forevermore. He cares for you. It says, do it because He cares. You know, sometimes you have a daughter and you say, you know what, I'll help you sort this. And like, okay, don't worry, I'll do it myself. You know, sometimes you're frustrated because as a father, you want to help. You want to be there. It's your joy to help. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's your joy to help. But then you realize that sometimes um, you want to help and you say, no, don't worry, no, don't worry. And you're like, See, I have all this capacity. I have all these resources. It's actually my joy to be of a blessing to you. I just want to bless. It's my nature to bless. And that's what we do with God. God wants to bless us. He wants to supply our needs. He wants to meet our needs. He's got this rich supply of resources that He wants to pour to the believer. But the believer is too proud to cast that care on God. And they take the care. You know, sometimes they take the care of everything and they just want the... They say, God, don't worry. This is too small for you to handle. I'll give you the big ones. But concerning my provision, I can sort it out. You know what? I rely on God for everything. God is my source of supply. Glory to God. Now, I want you... Don't miss this line of thought. Cast your care on God because... Because is what? For this reason. What's the reason? He cares for you. So God cares for you. Not only the, you know, now let me put it up. Let me put it this way, right? Uh, let me use the NIV because He cares for you. The NLT, the New Living Translation says, because He cares about you. So give all your worries and cares to God. Is that what Paul told us? Not be anxious for anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication. So how do you cast your care on God? By prayer and supplication. Anxiety-free life is the key to supernatural abundance. Anxiety-free life. To be anxiety-free, it's absolutely a key to increase. The more anxiety you have, the more you will not experience. Remember what we're talking about. Faith for 
supernatural supplies. The more anxious you are, the more you're going to cut yourself off the provisions of God. And let me tell you something, and you listen very carefully, because I know when you start teaching along these lines, then people just put up their, their, their face and say, well, I'm not into that prosperity, money-making gospel and all that. Well, that's your problem. It's not mine. This is it. <laughs> yes, I repeat that again. It's your problem. It's not my own. It's not God's own. It's not the Bible's own. Now, I'll repeat this, and I'll say it very slowly. God is committed to meeting all your needs. And it's not just about money. Whatever the need is, there is a supply for it. Praise God. Praise God. What Abraham needed was not money. What Abraham needed was a ram. God gave it to him. What Noah needed was an ark that the world cannot penetrate. God supplied it. So when I talk about faith for supernatural supplies, I'm not just limiting it to money. I'm talking about whatever supply you need in this moment to go through the season and for the rest of your life, God is committed and has the ability and the willingness to get it to you if you stay in faith. Praise God. Okay, Psalm 24 verse 1, we read that the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. So we know God's got everything. Not only does God have everything, God also cares for us. Now, I want us to read Job chapter 5. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Job chapter 5. Are you still with me? Job 5, 20 to 27. Let's read that. I want you to keep your eyes on that scripture. Job chapter 5, verse 20 to 27. When famine comes, so I would like to say this, that faith, and I, I think I've repeated it all over this series, faith does not deny the existence of a problem. Faith doesn't do that. Praise God. Faith does not deny the existence of a problem. What does faith do? Faith denies the ability of that problem to overrule and overpower it. Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, when famine comes, he'll keep you alive. And in war, protect you from death. When famine comes, he'll keep you alive. And in war, he'll protect you from death. God will rescue you from slander. He will save you when destruction comes. Look at this. God will rescue you from slander and He will save you when destruction comes. You will laugh at violence and hunger and not be afraid of wild animals. Praise God. The fields you plow will be free of rocks. Wild animals will never attack you. Glory to God. Then you will live at peace in your tent. When you look at your sheep, you will find them safe. You will have as many children as there are blades of grass in a pasture. Like wheat that ripens till harvest time. You will live to a ripe old age. Praise the name of the Lord. I mean, this is just amazing. God gives us this promise. And He tells us that when famine comes... He will keep us alive. And when war comes, He is going to protect us from death. 
Praise the name of the Lord. And that God will rescue us from slander. He will save us from destruction. Um, when, when, when violence and hunger and wild animals come, we are going to laugh. Glory to God. And what's that? We are going to have a faith laughter. <laughs> Glory to God. That's the way it goes. Amen. I mean, if God says I'm going to laugh at violence, if God says I'm going to laugh at hunger, if God says I'm not going to be afraid of wild animals, when the anxiety of hunger comes into my life, that's exactly what I'm going to do. What am I going to do? I'm going to have a faith laughter party. Praise the name of the Lord. When the enemy comes against me, when the thoughts of lack and scarcity comes, what is my faith action? Ha, 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 ha. I have the victory. Glory to God. Praise the name of Jesus. And that's exactly what God has promised us in His Word. Job 5.22 You will laugh at violence and hunger and not be afraid of white animals. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What is he saying? It means we are going to laugh at the thing that's, that's going to take the world down. And so when people see us laughing, they might not understand why we're laughing. But we have the promise of our Father. And remember, our God has the ability. Praise God. Then you will live at peace in your tents. When you look at your sheep, you'll find them safe. You will have as many children as there are blades of grass in a pasture. Like with that ripens to harvest time. You will live to a ripe old age. Wow, glory to God. Glory to God. You see, not only does God promises us a time of laughter, He also promises us longevity. He promises us that we will live to a ripe old age. Praise God forevermore. He promises us that we'll live as long as we can live. Praise God. With long life will He satisfy us and show us His salvation. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. With long life, God will satisfy us and He will show us His salvation. Praise God. Let's go to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. Praise God and verse 7. Luke chapter 5. And verse 7. Let me show you a story there. Man, take your eyes and keep it on, on Job chapter 5. I mean, meditate on it. Think over it. Praise God. Luke chapter 5. And we're going to read this story. It's an interesting story. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Luke chapter 5. And verse 1. Let's read now. Now it happened that while the crowd was pressing around him and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake. But the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. Why were they washing their nets? They, they didn't catch anything. The time was hard. It was tough. They were done. You know, it was like saying, listen, this is over. We're done. We're dusted. We can't catch anything again. Verse 3 he got into one of the boats. And I want you to realize. He got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little wife from the land. And he sat down and began teaching the people from the boat. So, um, he used the boat as a means of teaching. It was a vehicle of teaching. And then verse 4, when he had finished speaking, 
he said to Simon, now listen carefully to this, put out into the deep water and let down your nets, plural, for a cash. Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Now, Peter was frustrated. Praise God. There was no catch. Things were tough. Now, if you follow us um, carefully in this series of teaching, you realize we talked about the instruction of God and listening to God. That God has got a plan for you. Now, I want to say this very, uh, at this point, right? You know, a lot of Christians make mistakes when it comes to receiving from God supernaturally because they feel like if God did this for this brother, he would do it the same way for me. So the, 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 the key thing about supernatural supplies is this. It's based on your relationship with God. What do I mean by that? God is going to lead you differently. Right? God is going to lead you differently. Now, when we talked about the story of Isaac, God told him, don't move, stay in this land. He got that direction from God. He stayed in the land. He sowed in the land. Now, he sowed in the land. But that sowing right there was the fact that he planted crops. Not that he gave money. He didn't give to anyone. He, he, he dealt with his business. Praise God. He, 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 he engaged his business. Okay? Now, but when we go on, we're going to read that. The widow of Zarephath, we discover that the action, listen carefully, required of the Lord from him in that season, from her, in that season of scarcity, was to sow to the prophet of God, was to give to the minister of God. Now, listen carefully now. I know when it gets to this subject, we get a bit touchy, but listen very carefully. The mistake is that preachers teach that as a formula. It's not a formula. You just teach the people what happened in scriptures and allow their walk with God to determine what God expects of them. So I can't say like, everybody just bring a seed. It's famine. If you follow the widow of Zarephath, you're going to get a harvest. Probably they will not get. Why? Because the Lord might not be leading them that way. So you realize, for instance, it wasn't Peter who said, well God, take my boat so I can catch, so I can get fish. Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. Alright? What what happened here was it was Jesus that requested for the boat of Peter. Jesus placed a demand for the boat of Peter. So, we, I can't teach giving your boat to Jesus and getting the fish like a methodology. No. So, I'm going to give you um, three examples from scripture. How God met the people's needs in the time of scarcity, in the time of struggling. And you go before the Lord. And you pray before the Lord. And fellowship with the Lord. And the Lord will give you whatever instruction is required. The Lord, uh, in fact, in this season, in the last couple of weeks, the Lord has instructed me to give specific seeds, financial seeds. And to sow them out. That's an instruction. That it's specific. I can't teach that as a breakthrough methodology. So, we should, we should not try to make methods out of God's dealings with people. Rather, we teach people to have a walk with God and whatever God requires of them as an act of faith will be communicated to God directly. Will be communicated to them by God directly. Praise God. Okay, so, I got into one of the boats. We're back to Luke chapter 5. Which was Simon's and asked him to put out a little way, way from the land. And he sat down and began teaching the people from the boats. And, and when he had finished, 
speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered and said, Master, look at this. Come on, come on, look at this. Keep your eyes on this. Master, we walked hard all night and caught nothing. So it's possible to walk so hard and nothing is coming out. Things are tough. The economy is bad. People are losing their job. It's not that you're lazy. It's just that that's what the economy is. That's what's going on in the world. But I tell you, one word from God can change your life forever. One direction from God. And, and I want to say this right here. God directed Peter. God spoke to him. He says, put down your nets. He said, Master, we walked hard all night and caught nothing. We toyed all night, some translations say. But we didn't catch anything. There is no proof of our hard work. And I want to tell you this. And if you're listening to me tonight and this is your situation, I speak God's word over you and break that curse. Glory to God. And as you work, increase is going to come your way. Praise God forevermore. Now, oh man, I like this. I like this. Glory to Jesus. Simon answered and said, Master, we walked hard all night and caught nothing. But I will do as you say. Come on, does that ring any bell in your heart? Yes, of course. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Faith begins where the will of God is known. So Peter heard the words from Jesus. Let down your net. And Peter said, I'm going to act on that word. Faith was released. Go rid of God. And let down the nets. When they had done this, done, action, faith without works is dead. So, if we say God is going to supply your needs in famine, it doesn't mean you go lay on your bed and sleep for 24 hours and expect God to rain miracle money into your account. Or No, 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 a thousand times, no. The Lord is going to give you an instruction regarding the works of your hands. Because the Lord is not going to break another part of scripture to get something to you. So, he, But he's going to give you specific instructions. Now, you, do you realize when he gave Joseph instruction, he gave Joseph the instruction of saving up. And he says, listen, save up in the year of abundance so that when the year of famine comes, you have something to sell. So, God is going to deal with you, listen carefully, in your own special way. But the end result of all the dealings that God is going to deal with us is that we are going to overcome. We are going to laugh at famine. We are going to prosper. We are going to increase. Glory to God. And whatever the Lord tells us to do, we will act on it. Because if we act on the word, we will get the word result. Praise God. Alright. So he says, when they have done this, don't work. Done what the Lord said. Not done what they thought. Not done what they planned. In fact, their plan was to wash the net, go home and sleep. And try the next day. You know what? That, that was their plan. That's, 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 that was it. There was no other plan. Praise God. <laughs> you know, I was watching this um, comedy on TV. And, and the lady was trying to stop the husband from going to a party or something. And the lady said... Uh, well, I have a plan A, I have a plan B, and, and, and she had other plans. So she did the plan A and it didn't work. So the, the other lady in the, the film was asking, so what about plan B? And you know what the lady said? She said, if plan A doesn't work, there's no, I mean, plan B is not going to work. You know, it was the same thing with Peter. Plan A was go to the river, catch some fish tonight, and go home. And they didn't catch anything, there was no plan. <laughs> it's just to wash your net and get home. 
But that changed when Jesus spoke words. That changed when Jesus spoke words. It does, listen carefully, it doesn't matter the scarcity that's on the earth if you will hear the words of Jesus, not the words of a man. If Jesus would speak to you and give you a faith instruction, if you act on that, you will experience increase. You know what? That faith instruction can be start a business and start it tonight. Go for it. Praise God. That faith instruction can be, you know what? Shut down that account, release it to a minister, release it to the gospel, release it to someone, bless this person, go ahead, act on the word. If you act on the word, you get the word results. Praise God. Okay. So Simon answered, praise God, and said, Master, we walked out all night and caught nothing, but I'll do as you say and let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish and their nets began to break. Whoa! Peter was not ready for this level of harvest. Now listen to this. It was the same Peter. It was the same net. Or nets. It was the same canoe. It was the same river. And in fact... The time difference wasn't much. And what changed Peter from going home empty-handed? You know, you know what? Let's read verse 7 first. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat for them to come and help. And they came and filled both of the boats. So they began to sink. Now, listen. You, use your imagination right now. Fishermen literally go to fish with boats. So, it means boats were not designed to sink when you put fish, fishes in them. This must have been a whole lot of quantity. Like, for the fish to make the boat to sink, it means it was huge. Re now, look at this. It wasn't only Peter's boat that got filled. The boat of his partners got filled. I mean, these guys stumbled on a miracle where they were not planning for it because Peter got a miracle. And that's what's going to happen to you in this season. God is going to so bless you that people who didn't even have the plan of getting blessed are going to just get into the overflow. I like when God does stuff. He does it in a big way. He does it in a God-sized way. Glory to God. And I'm believing for a God-sized miracle. Praise God. Now, realize what happened here. They acted on the word of God and did they catch some fishes. Man, they caught a whole lot. A whole lot. Two canoes and more were filled with this thing. What changed? It was the same water. Where did these fishes, where did these fish and the whole lot of fishes came from? Where did they come from? They came in response to their creator. Glory to God. That's what the Lord says. The whole, the whole earth belongs to me. The um, cattle on a thousand hill or a thousand on a cattle hill, whatever works for you, they are mine. Glory to God. And if God wants a fish to come, man, fishes are going to respond. Like, who gets to the master first? <laughs> and I'm telling you, they didn't know they were ending up in Peter's net. They had the words of Jesus and they saw a man acting on the word of Jesus and they ran to that net like, who gets into Peter's net first? That's where Jesus wants us right now. 
And that's what's going to happen to you in this season. When you act on the instruction of God, there will be supplies running at a breakneck speed towards you. It will be amazing. The water doesn't have to change. The river doesn't have to change. You don't even have to change your net or change your clothes. All you need to do is hear one word from Jesus. And the supplies will be right where you are. Praise God. I mean, God is good. Well, Brother Copeland, we say I've preached myself happy. Same here. Praise God. Praise God forevermore. God knows where we are. And the supplies know where God is. And all God needs to do is to speak in our direction. And if we act on that word, you know what's going to happen? We're going to have surplus. And so, what you need to do this season is spend time with Jesus. And let Him be giving you instructions. Let Him be speaking to you. Let Him be telling you what to do, what to give, what to act on, what to start. This is not just the time to say, well, oh, I read. IMF said, uh, WHO said, uh, BBC said, CNN said. And you just go ahead and map out your own life. You know what? Jesus is just going to be looking at you and say, well, let's see how far you can go. Because the gold and the silver, they're actually mine. Praise God. The gold and the silver belongs to me. And I'm your father. Why don't you listen to me? I, you know, the Lord told Brother Hagin, he says, uh, the, the Lord Jesus appeared to him and told him, he said, if my people would listen to my spirit within them, I'm paraphrasing, I'm not in exact words. He says, if they'll listen to the Holy Ghost, I'll make them rich. He says, I'm not opposed to my people becoming rich. I'm opposed to them becoming covetous. If you would listen, and, I, and practically, I can testify that if you would listen to God, He'll give you the wisdom. To get supplies all the time. All the time. All the time. The Holy Ghost will tell you what to do. The Holy Ghost will tell you who to bless. Praise the name of the Lord. Alright. Let's, um, let's go to 1 Kings chapter 7. Let me show you another pattern. 1 Kings chapter 7. Thank you Lord Jesus. Man, God is good. 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 Praise God forevermore. 1 Kings chapter 17. Verse 7 to 16. 1 Kings 17. We see another pattern. How God kept a widow alive in famine. She was a widow. She was kept alive. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Kings chapter 17. And verse 7 to 16. Can we read from verse 1? Be a good reading. Praise God. Now Elijah the Tishbite was one of the settlers of Gilead. Who was one of the settlers of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives before whom I stand, surely there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. And of course, this caused famine on the earth. Now the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Look at this, the word of the Lord. You see, we cannot remove divine supplies from divine direction. Divine direction is what qualifies you for divine supplies. If you stay where God wants you to stay, you do what God wants. And I want to speak to ministers right here. Don't do what God is not asking you to do in your ministry. You're going to cut off supplies. Do exactly what God is asking you to do. Okay. So he says, the word of the Lord came to him. So he had the word of the Lord. Go away from here. Now, remember in the case of Isaac, the Lord told him, stay. And in the case of Elijah, the Lord says, leave. <laughs> Glory to God. So, I can't come and teach you just about staying. 
if the Lord wants you to leave. So ultimately, the best thing a preacher can do to you is train you to hear God for yourself. Because your instructions are going to be different, but the end result is going to be the same. The end result will be, you will be supplied. But the instructions on how to get the supplies will be different. Okay, go away from here and turn eastward. So it didn't say go away from here and turn westward, southward, northward. No, eastward, eastward, eastward. There's a location. Something is about to happen. And hide yourself by the brook Sherrits, which is the east of Jordan. So this was a specific direction. Come on, are you following this now? Specific direction is what leads to specific supplies. If the Lord gives you a specific direction, He will abundantly supply that. It shall be that you will drink of the brook, and I have commanded, glory to God, the ravens to provide for you there, there, there. The Lord did not say, I've commanded the ravens to provide for you. No, He says, I have commanded the ravens to provide for you where? There. I've commanded the ravens to provide for you there. That means I've commanded the ravens to take your supplies to the location of uh, my direction for you. And if you will act on my direction for yourself, what's going to happen is you will come into supernatural supplies even though there's famine all around, praise God. Even though there's famine everywhere, but if you will act on the word that I'm giving to you right now, what's going to happen is you will be richly supplied. And it's the same thing. If we will act on the words of Jesus, if we will act on the instructions that God has given to us, whatever that instruction is, either to give, him his, to, to give uh, your birth to Him for the gospel, to sow into the life of a minister, a ministry, a church, whatever, to give to the poor the offering, to start a business, to uh, save up some money, whatever instructions that Jesus is communicating to you, if we will act on that instruction, we will come out well. Praise God. Now, Verse 6, the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he would drink from the brook. These ravens were on schedule. <laughs> Amen. Morning and evening, this prophet of God got supplies. By God. My God. Just by listening to God. In the midst of famine, beds were dedicated God will use anything. God will use anyone. God will use whatever to get supplies to you. And my faith is on this. That God knows where I am and where I am by the instruction of the Spirit. And if I stay here as long as God wants me to stay, I don't care who is against me or what's going on in the world. God still got the ravens. Why? Because every beast Every, and that's why, I, that's why I read Psalm 24 for you. It says, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. And everybody in it. God can use believers. God can use unbelievers. God can use atheists. God can use anybody to get my needs supplied. That's why I'm not anxious. Praise God forevermore. Oh, thank you Lord Jesus. Now go here. Verse 9. Uh, verse 6. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening and he would drink from the brook. Verse 7. It happened after a while that the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. So the brook was dried. So he could have bread and he, 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 um, there was no water to drink. Okay? So do you, do you realize something? God did not say, well, Elijah, you can have bread. Uh, there's no water now. Just manage bread. You know, this thing will soon be over. That's not what God does. God is a good God. 
You know, some people make it look like if we ask so much from God, well, we're going to shut down heaven's supply. Or people say, well, God, don't worry. Don't worry about water. I can, I can eat bread without water. God doesn't want that for you. He wants you richly supplied. He's a good father. Look at what. Then the word of the Lord came to him again, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and stay there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Now, look at what happened. We're going to read Jesus' account of this because Jesus referenced this. So what happened? The word of the Lord again came and he went to a widow. Now, listen, if you want to be supplied in the times of famine, a widow is not the best place to go to. It's not the best decision to take. I mean, imagine calling your other prophet friend and say, where are you going? He say, man, I'm going to do ministry in Sidon. Uh, uh, okay, who are your partners there? A widow. Man, this is famine. The guy doesn't even have a husband. The lady doesn't even have a husband. And do you know how bad you will look in the eyes of people? Prophet takes widow's last meal. CNN. <laughs> you know, I mean, you are going to look like a bad person. In the midst of uh, a pandemic, prophet takes widow's meal. I mean, Facebook is going to go crazy. What kind of prophet is this? He should be giving the widow meal and not taking from the widow. And all kinds of stuff are going to be written about you. And that's why you must be sure that you've heard God. <laughs> Praise God. So, he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please, give me a little water in a jar that I may drink. You know, I'm just thinking about this, right? I'm just thinking, Elijah cannot, <laughs> Elijah cannot directly just go to meet the widow and say, You know what? God just sent me that you provide for me. So here am I. Where's your house? I mean, you can't do that. So, use a bit of psychology. Can I, can I have water to drink? At least water is, yeah. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please, bring me a piece of bread in your hand. <laughs> oh, wow. The prophet. <laughs> you know, it's like you go to somebody's house and you're like, um, Well, give me water. Then the very is going to say, uh, yeah, do, you have, do, you have, uh, do you have bread? Just, just add bread to the water. <laughs> I mean, you must make sure that God has commanded you to that house. If not, they're going to throw the water on you. Okay. So as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a piece of bread in your hand. But she said, As, Lord, as the Lord your God lives, I have no bread. <laughs> I mean, how you think in your mind, did God deceive me? Or like, you know, one of my daughters would say, Was it the Holy Spirit speaking to me? Or my mind? Or something? You know, like, was this something that's telling me to come here? And that's something that's put me in trouble? It says, only a handful of flour in the bowl and a little oil in the jam. Behold, I'm gathering a few sticks that I may go in and prepare for me and my son that we may eat and die. Saints of God, if God wants to send you to be taken care of in the midst of famine, why would God send you to someone who has just one meal? It doesn't, listen, it does not make sense. At least, God should send you to the house of somebody like Joseph who's got something stored. But this is God. Now God did this, and listen very carefully to me. God did this not only for the sake of Elijah. God did this for the sake of the widow. God wanted to preserve that widow. And God had to send an anointed minister of God, send a preacher of the gospel to a house. And send a gift to a house. Listen to me, saints of God. I know a lot of pastors, a lot of people have abused this. But this is a valid way that God keeps people in famine. He instructs you to give to His servants. Amen. 
You know, it's tough when you say this when you're a preacher because then they say, well, so should we give to you? <laughs> That's not the point. The point is you have to follow the instruction of God. But it's a valid methodology. It's a valid lifestyle. Now, we'll see that Jesus spoke about this. Then, then Elijah said to her, do not fear. So Elijah dealt with the fear. Go. Do as you have said. But, change it a bit. Make me a little bread cake from it first. Put me first. Just minister to me first. I mean, I'm sure... Well, listen. I mean, those who have listened to me over the years know that I'm a preacher. That I'll never put money first. I'll never, never put money first. And I, I mean, no one in our ministry in over 12 years can come and say, I place a demand on them financially. I, I don't do that. I trust God to meet all our needs. And He is good at it. But you know, even reading this scripture and teaching it, there's fear in my heart. Because then I don't want people to say, well, he's preaching this because now there's famine. He wants people to give him money. And I can imagine what was in Elijah's heart. When he says, give me first. I mean, it took faith. It took faith not only for Elijah to go there. It took faith for Elijah to say the exact words that Jesus wanted him to say. He said, give me first and bring it out to me. And afterward, you may make one for yourself and for your sons. For thus says the Lord of the God of Israel, the bowl of flour shall not be exhausted, nor shall the jar of oil be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain on the face of earth. Of the earth, talk about supernatural supply. This is one right here. The oil never went down. So she went and did according to the word of Elijah. How does faith come? Words, 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 words. And she and he and her household ate for many days. Glory to God. She, he and their household. I like that. I like this. Glory to God. Verse 15. And she went. And did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate for many days. Glory to God. The bowl of flour was not exhausted. Nor did the jar of oil become empty. According, look at this. According to the word of the Lord which he spoke through Elijah. So, when Elijah was speaking to that woman, it was actually... The Lord speaking to that woman. And when that woman responded in faith, she broke into supplies. You know, sometimes in this midst of whatever it is the world calls it, the Lord might be asking you to sow a significant, strategic, last meal seed. Just bless a minister, bless a ministry, bless your pastor, bless your local church. <laughs> and you are binding and casting and losing. Say, this can't be God. This can't be God. And you know what God just wants to do? God wants to connect you to an anointing that brings increase. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. And like I said, you go before the Lord and ask Him what He wants you to do. It's good. It, it, it will probably be different. Praise God. Wow, my time is good. Let me do this quickly. I can't finish this. But there's another example in John chapter 6. But let's go to Luke chapter 4. I want, to, I want you to see what Jesus said about this. Uh, Luke chapter 4 and verse 25. Luke 4.25. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But I say to you in truth, there were many widows in Israel. There were many widows. Many, many widows. That means a lot of women's husbands died in Israel. Whoa. In the days of Elijah. When the sky was shut up for three years and six months, when a great famine came over all the land. 
So, Jesus said there were many widows. But there was something particular about this widow. And yet, Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. So, Jesus attests to this fact in the book of Luke, that this was a divine instruction and a divine connection. Uh, just give me a few more minutes. Go to John chapter 6 very quickly. John chapter 6. Let me, let me just deal with this. Another way God supplies. John chapter 6. John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Verse 1. After this thing, Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. A large crowd followed him because the sword which uh, science was performing. Then Jews went up to the mountain. He sat there with his disciples. Verse 4. Uh, go to verse 5 quickly. Therefore Jesus... Lifting up his eyes and seeing the large crowd was coming to him, said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so these may eat? This he was saying to test them for he himself knew what he was intending to do. And I want to emphasize on that verse, Jesus knows what to do with you in this situation. He knows what to do about the scarcity in your life. He knows what to do about the scarcity in your ministry. He knows what to do. Jesus knows what to do. God is not confused. God is not broke. God is not in lack. Praise God. This pandemic didn't get to the kingdom of God. Praise the name of the Lord. God knows exactly what to do. Then Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for, for them, for everyone to receive a little. One of his disciples, Andrew Simon's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five loaves and two fish, but what are these for so many people? Like, listen, this is all what we have, but it's not even enough. It's not enough. He can't carry us through this season. Then Jesus said, have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number. About 5,000. Come on. I mean, if you take a, a, a little boy's lunch and you look at 5,000 people, what's going to erupt in your heart? Mega fear. I mean, the people are going to even insult you. Like, who do you think we are? Like, do you want to feed us with this thing? How do you divide it? I'm sure the disciples will be going like, Jesus, don't try this thing. I know you perform miracles, but don't try Like. Jesus, calm down, calm down. Like, relax, Jesus. You know, it's only one time you, you know, there's, 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 you make your first impression when people, like, relax. Just tell them there's no food. Let's send them away. That's the convenient, easy way. Don't attempt this miracle. We know you do stuff, but multiplying a small boy's food, what's going to happen? Will the fish grow bigger? Will the bread grow bigger? Like, Jesus, relax. You don't need to prove anything. We, your disciples, know you are the Son of God. Listen, just, you know, I'm, I'm sure those exaltations will be coming to Jesus. <laughs> you know, so the men sat there in number 5,000. You know, when Jesus gives some instruction, for you to say, like, you know, Jesus, you know, I like to think of it this way. Jesus says, tell them to sit down. And he goes like, all of you sit down. Like, yeah, sit down. Is he bringing food? Like, I'm not sure. Just sit down first, <laughs> you know. Because... When we act on the word of God, we'll get the word result. Then Jesus took the loaves. Having given thanks, he distributed to those who were seated. Likewise also of the fish as much as they wanted. Do you realize that every time God supplies, he supplies over and above? He didn't, you know, he didn't supply and they were like, hey, 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 don't take two fish. Just, you know, you've gone to those parties where the food is not enough, right? And then they hold all the rice plates and they're like, have they given you before? Like, yes. Ah, okay, no, they are giving you, ah, it's only one meat. No, 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 that's not what happened. He says they ate as much as they wanted, which means that one guy could have said, well, I'm not okay, yeah, I'm not okay, yeah, I'm not okay, yeah, I'm not okay, yeah, I'm not okay, uh, I want again. And the disciples would have been saying, you know, you have had enough. And Jesus said, give him. <laughs> like, 
as much as they wanted. Glory to God. We serve a God who will supply our needs to the overflow. Praise God. Woo! I like this. When they were filled. So no one went out of that place like, you know what? The fish and the bread was good, but ah, that disciple Peter, I needed three plates. He gave me only one. No, they were filled. Glory to God. He said to his disciples, get out the leftover fragments so that nothing will be lost. I mean, God performed this miracle in such a way that nobody will say, well, it was not really supplies. People just ate a little. No. If these guys were not filled, they wouldn't have leftover. You only leave leftover when you're filled. And I prophesy over you this season, by the time you're coming out of this season, you are going to come out with leftovers. Like there will be supplies and you are just going to break up with supplies. Glory to God. I mean... So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five belly loaves which are left over by those who had eaten. Man, these guys ate until there were 12 baskets left. They had more baskets than they started the miracle with. And it was a scarcity. It was wilderness. There was no food there. There was no bakery that could have baked 5,000 bread this quick except Heaven's Bakery. Glory to God. Therefore, when the people saw the sign which he had performed, they said, this is truly the prophets who is coming to the world. You know, when people are eating and are full, they can say anything. They were the same people who crucified Jesus. But man, after eating five loaves and two fishes in the wilderness, the man must be a prophet. Praise the name of the Lord. God wants our needs supplied. And what are the key tonight? There's no one method. We've gone through several methods in which the Lord supplied the needs of his people. But the key was that they heard from Jesus. And that's what I wanted to do. Take some days out. Take some time out. Go before the Lord and hear what Jesus is saying to you. And if you hear the words of Jesus and you act on the instructions of Jesus, He'll connect you to the overflow. And the anointing of increase will be upon your house and you will get the overflow. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you because your people will hear your words. And thank you because your people will receive from you. And thank you. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.